With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. And hello, everybody, and welcome to the Weekday Words of Wrestling for essentially the weekend, um, Friday, February 24th, 2017. I'm Eric Clancy alongside Patrick Kelly, and we are said Weekday Words of Wrestling. How you doing, bud? Uh, stressful week at work, but other than that, I'm doing okay. Happy All to right. talk well, to wrestling Well, right let's now. stress out with, with completely non-stressful wrestling. How about that? Oh, sounds great. Well, I, I'm... I'm currently reading the um, 100 matches you should watch on the WWE Network before you die on WWE.com. And it's a interesting, it's not a bad list, actually. It's, it's, it's like, I, I, see, I, I want to read that now to see how many of them I've already seen. You've seen most of them. I'm on 73 now. Bret Hart and the 123 Kid, Raw, July 94. Mm-hmm. Um, go here. We'll go through like ten of them. We're gonna see how many you've seen here. Ric Flair okay. versus Dusty Rhodes at Starcade '85. Seen it. I actually just watched it a couple months ago. Okay. Um, uh, Ultimo Dragon versus Rey Mysterio J Crown match World War Three 1996. Seen it. Um, Roddy Piper versus Greg Valentine Starcade '83 Dog Collar match. Seen it. Uh, Stone Cold Not one Steve... WWE match yet. That's wow. Okay. No, the first one I told you was Bret and One Two Three Kid. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Triple H. Three Stages of Hell. No Way Out. Oh one. Yeah. Yeah. Seen that one. Did you see this one? AJ Styles and John Cena WWE Title Match Royal Rumble 2017. No, I haven't. Tell me about this <laughs> match. Um, it's funny you said no WWE matches so far because now we're on a roll. Uh, Hard Foundation versus Stone Cold, Ken Shamrock, Goldust, and the Legion of Dune at Canadian Stampede. Seen that one. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus... An interesting one. Daniel Bryan versus Dolph Ziggler, Bragging Rights 2010. I, I'm sure I've seen it. Um, I don't remember... I mean, I don't remember it, but I'm sure I saw that show. Yeah. Um... Uh, oh, this one actually was Sting's favorite match for quite some time, uh, uh, and, and Foley's for a while, too. Uh, Sting versus Cactus Jack, Falls Count Anywhere match, Beach Blast, 1992. I've seen that one. Um, and, of course, you've seen this one. John Cena and CM Punk at number one contenders match, Raw, February 25th, 2013. Mm-hmm. This one you may not have... 
you may not have seen this one. Um, the two out of three falls match between Sami Zayn and Cesaro in um, August 21st, 2013. I have seen that one. Uh, when I started watching NXT, it had already happened, uh, obviously, mm-hmm. but they talked about it so much. That I was like, well, i got to go back and watch it now. Yeah, all right. I'm not going to go through. I want to see what they have as number one. I'm sure it's in no particular order, but I just want to see. Any Chris Benoit matches on there? I'm sure that they that they're not. <laughs> um, Your answer should have been who is Chris Benoit? <laughs> who 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 who? Let's see here. Let's go all the way. Come on, let's go down farther. Come on, WWE.com. Let's see what they have as number one. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do the top ten here. How about that? That sounds all right, good. Triple H versus Roman Reigns. That's number one. <laughs> All right, number 10 is the match that in recent years... Um, see, I'm going to describe this match. See if you can tell me which ma- what this match is. This match in recent years has been described as overrated because okay. people felt it was built up initially too much to be the greatest match of all time. Is it Sean and Brett, the yes, Iron Man match? Yes. Okay. You, you, know, you know the story and then the story told after. Um, yeah. <laughs> Number nine. I, that's another one I just rewatched not too long ago. I actually watched it. Um, I would say last week because, like I said, I'm going through old Raws. So, um, and I, I actually today I, I rewatched um, uh, Good Friends, Better Enemies, which is a um, which is a terrible show, by the way. Great main event. But. Great main. Well, that was always that was always the thing. Is the main events were great. I mean, like. I, like the main event's great. I mean, it's it's super good. But I mean, you go through that show and you have um, was that the, the, the Goldust Ultimate Warrior match? Oh my god, that went on for fucking nine years. <laughs> my thought my thought process was that he got that Goldust got legit injured on his mm-hmm. knee, so they just did a bunch of stalling and carny bullshit. But it was just. It was so bush league. It's like they don't do anything forever, and it it was just garbage, just absolute garbage. Um, the the opener with with Jay, I mean, there's a lot of stalling on the show. Like Jake comes out with the with the snake, and they're like, oh, you can't have the snake there. And then he like goes to the back, and he comes out with Ahmed. And they have a tag match, and you know it's fine. I mean, it's better than most of the other stuff on the show. Then you get that match. Then you get this fucking like. Do you remember this, Patrick? This is like shows you how far back WWE goes with like booking heels terribly. Vader is wrestling Razor Ramon. Razor Ramon is leaving the company in like a month. There's like I, he's I, not, I do remember that. Yeah, he's not coming back for the first like three minutes. Vader dominates the match. Then then Hall gets like this these bursts of energy and it's like a competitive match and he pretty much almost wins. And then Vader like kind of beats him. And it's like, I'm watching this shit because I do not, I did not remember the, the match going down like this, um, which is nice to be able to watch these things over and over again. But uh, I'm like, first of all, fuck Vince for putting Vader in before he was ready. Like, you know, cause he was injured. Like he, he had like a torn, mm-hmm. like broken elbow, something. Oh, is like that a, why the match at WrestleMania was a tag match? Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, because he told, because initially the suspension was going to go until like May or something, and then he was going to come mm. back. But Vince is like, okay. "I need you. I've got nobody else." Um, so he I'm came gonna back. I'm going to owe you one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to owe you one. 
Nah, you'll never get that back. Um, so, um, which, by the way, after that match, they're like, you're going to wrestle Yokozuna at at uh, at the next month. Well, I hate to I, spoiler alert from from 20 years ago, but that match doesn't happen. Um, in fact, I don't think Yokozuna comes back until like August 1996, and then you see him for like a month, and then he's there. Then he leaves after Survivor Series, to my knowledge. That sounds about right. Yeah, I know he had that one match with Sean. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's August '96 for like that no was reason. August. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, uh, yeah. So he has this competitive match, and it's just like, dude, this guy's leaving. Why are you not putting Vader over strong? And like. Like, it's just, he fucking loves baby faces. He just, like, is he he's a mark and he loves baby faces. I have no idea what else to say with this match. It's just, like, such, like, stupid bullshit. Like, why would you book the match like that? Who, what agent came up with, this, with like, giving Razor 70% of the match to the guy that, that you're, that at that point you thought was going to win the world title? Yeah, and that's, I, I don't know, I think, part of it, and I don't know if it goes this far back or anything, but with the whole, and I hate to throw Meltzer under the bus, but the whole star ratings thing, you know, having a heel completely dominate somebody, destroy it, and get a squash match win, that's the type of thing they'll only get like one star or a dud or something like that. And a lot of wrestling promoters kind of try to book away from that, but by doing that, you're kind of just screwing yourself out, out of having dominant heels. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Vince doesn't care about that, and I also feel like like, for instance, if you look at the Sean and Diesel main event, like, mm-hmm. Diesel's leaving in a month, but that match is booked well because Sean, as a scrappy babyface that can get his ass kicked and come back, works. That's the story. That's the character. Like, he thrives going through, taking all the stuff and then winning. That works. Vader, as the guy that, that's going to be around, needs to dominate the opponent. That's how he gets over. So I feel like they're just, like, like, I don't know. I, I have no idea why it was booked like that. It was just... It, um, but, yeah, so that, that, that show blows, by the way. Um, <laughs> um, by the way, I'm so... I cannot fucking wait until Razor Ramon shows up on Nitro because, holy fuck, is this show awful. Oh, yeah, the early Nitros. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it, The Dungeon of Doom is still going on, right? Oh, yeah, they're going strong. I mean, like... The first, like, four Nitros are good, and then they become, like, like with the exception of the, like, odd Benoit Guerrero um, Sting match, like, they're pretty bad. Like, and it's not like, like, the ideas, the ideas work well enough, like, like, the storylines are generally fine, but the execution is, like, it's like everybody forgets how to wrestle. It's like things that don't happen in WWE, like, the referee sees the shoe hit somebody in the face or something, whatever, and, like, like they, they don't call for the DQ. It's just a bunch of, like, botches, you know? Not, like, move botches, just timing. and It's just stuff you don't – that has never happened in the WWE because Vince, Vince understands how not to fuck that shit up generally. Um, but it, it's, it's really bad. I don't know, like, like, if it's just Bischoff or if, like, Hogan is unable to do that stuff, but it's really, really fucking bad. I think that's part of it, and that's where we'll give Vince some credit. I think he is such a detail-oriented guy that he wants to make sure that that stuff is done really well. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, yeah I, and that'd be fun to go back and watch some of those old Nitros just to see how bad they really get. 
You should, you should. Um, all right, so number nine is Cena and Punk, Money in the Bank, 2011. Uh-huh. Number eight is um, uh, TLC2 at WrestleMania X7. Number seven is Bret Hart and the British Bulldog for the Intercontinental Championship at SummerSlam 92. Oh, this one's... I mean, I always like this this match that I'm about to read. I've always liked this match, but I don't know if... um, Once again, I don't know if these are fucking ranked. I don't think they are, but um, it's weird in this spot. Ultimate Warrior and Randy Savage, WrestleMania 7. See, that's actually one of my favorites, so... (laughs) Yeah, I know, yeah. Difference of opinions, um, but uh, this match I always liked, but I don't think it's as good as everyone gives it credit for. Tell tell me if you can guess this match, like, and and I'll I'll even give you the decade. It's the nineties. Okay, a match that's good, but not as good as everybody says it is. Yes. Oh man, what company? WCW. WCW. Is it Flair and Vader from Starcade? No, no. It's uh it's Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio from Halloween Havoc ninety seven. Oh, um Yeah, I mean that was a match that people were saying was the match of the year in a year when we had the Hell in a Cell match and the submission match and a couple of other ones. So I was like I mean, if I were gonna do like a top ten of that year, it would be on that list, but it wouldn't be in like the top five. Yeah, no, no, I like the match. I like like yeah. I would if my in ninety seven I think has like it's funny because 97, like, begat, like, a terrible wrestling style of, like, fighting in the crowd and this, like, bullshit attitude or so. But 97 has, like, three amazing matches, which would be, like you mentioned, Hell in a Cell, the submission match, this one. Um, um, I, I, I mean, would throw the, Taker and Brett at SummerSlam up there. Yeah, I mean, that that's a really great story. Um, it's another good one that's... I, I generally like uh, the ten man um, tag from the in your house. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of good stuff that year. Um, I feel like uh, the Page and Savage was good. Um, oh my god, yeah, all of their matches were really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, Actually, they had a match on that same Halloween Havoc, I think. They did. That that's like, the last. That's the death match, I believe. Um, yeah, it's it's the last man standing match. That's not called the last man standing yeah, match. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. an excellent match. And Hogan like hits Page in the leg or something. Yeah. Um, it's not yeah. as good as their Spring Stampede, and I think they had a, a Great American Bash match too, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those were and this and part of what I do want to talk about here. I major congratulations to DDP for getting to the Hall. It's long overdue. Um, I've been a huge fan of the guy for years, so to see him get validated by the WWE was really cool to me. But, I mean, you look at these matches he had with Savage. That was This was a Randy Savage who was past his prime, over the hill, and he had these amazing matches with Paige. And it really just speaks to how good of a worker Paige really was. And he doesn't yeah, get well, the Yeah, well, because people, like, people look at Randy Savage, and when they think about Randy Savage, they're like, oh... I'm going to think of prime, like, 1988 Randy Savage and stuff. And, like, WCW Randy Savage is mostly terrible. Like, mm-hmm. terrible promos. Um, like, just matches that don't make sense. They're not athletic. It's not like Hogan where they're just athletically bad or, like, they don't, like they're just, like, his, his moves aren't any good. They're just, like, they he'll just, like, you know, he'll, he'll take a beating and just randomly decide to win and there's no, like, rhyme or reason to it um and these this was by far his best work in wcw like i i don't even think there's any what else did he do that would even 
be in that level. And yeah, he had so. like, didn't he have a match with Rodman where they kind of like it was batshit crazy? I, I seem to remember. No, that. No, Road Wild '99. Yeah, that match is like I'm not saying it was a, a four star yeah. classic or anything, but it was like it was so bonkers. I was like, okay, I can take that. Yeah, I mean, well, I think, um, and I think business wise, his '95 '96 house show run with Flair was like helped them a lot, but. Artistically, I think his page stuff, yeah, was 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 top stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Number four is Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair, uh, two out of three falls match class of the champions six in uh, April second eighty nine. Number three, I feel like you can't really um, argue with with this one. Uh, Randy Savage versus Ricky Steamboat Intercontinental Title match WrestleMania three. That might Number, be the single most influential match of all time. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you for that one. Uh, number two, Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin submission match, WrestleMania 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, fuck you, WWE, for number one, because this is fucking what is bullshit. Guess, guess which one it is. It's, is it a Triple H match? No, it's not. Okay. Um... Uh, is it Rock and Cena? Is it one of those? No, it's Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 25. Oh, yeah, okay. The match I, that I, turned every match after that into a finisher fest. Thanks for that. Yeah, like, I just, like, it's like, everybody's like, the match is so amazing. I'm like, it's not even the best match they've had. Like, like it's not even, like, like, okay, so I would say, okay, by far, the Hell in a Cell match is better. Um, yes. The casket match is better. The fucking ending to the 2007 Royal Rumble is better. Like it's... I would even say that, and I'm not saying this one is better, but I think their Ground Zero match is massively underrated. Yes, it is. Yeah, I, I, I was gonna, I left that out. Yes, I'm, I feel the same way you do. It's just like, like, I just like, it's so frustrating because I feel like people that say that just either haven't seen it. It's like when you say, like, oh, Ric Flair's best matches were, like, you know, if this thing in 1995, you're like, motherfucker, like, Ric Flair had a whole other career you didn't see, you know? Like, 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 uh, like I understand you're like, you apparently nobody thought Undertaker and Sh- fucking Undertaker and Shawn Michaels were going to have a good match, apparently, at WrestleMania, but, like, they did have lots of good matches beforehand, and the storyline was better than I'm going to wrestle you at WrestleMania, which was the fucking storyline for this. That was the storyline. And it's just, like, I, like, to me, it's, like, it's that Kurt Angle kick out at the last second, that's the only good thing wrestling is to me. Like, I can't... Like, I'm not saying it's not a great match. It is a great match. But the fact that, like, people put it up there as, like, this thing that, like... Like, it had no storyline. Like, it's... Literally, all it had... And again, I'm not trying to put the match down when I say this, but literally all it had was finisher kickouts. That That was the match. Yeah. It didn't yeah. have like it wasn't like the submission match which had like this paradigm shifting emotional ending to it that basically ushered in the attitude era. It didn't have Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. There's no there's no competition between the submission match and that match. None whatsoever. It's like that that match like is a hundred is so much better than Shawn Michaels and Undertaker wrestling. And it doesn't even have like the dream match quality that Hogan and Rock did, where Hogan and Rock was like this point in time, this match that we never thought we'd ever see, and the crowd went absolutely crazy for it. 
like you said, this is a match we already saw. I was like, I already saw Sean and Taker. I wasn't dying to see it again. And yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I guess that's the difference between people that live through history and people that YouTube did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So why don't we, um, what the fuck, man? I'm going through this shit. Like, <laughs> I had some good ones, but like, yeah, these are good. Um, okay. So anyway, um, okay. So, okay. Let's, uh, let's go on to this week's stuff. So, uh, we are, cool. what are we like two weeks away from fast lane? Is that it? Uh, a, a little over a week. Yes, I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, yes, okay. It's not this weekend is what I meant to say, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so, um, um, we did not do a show last week, which is unfortunate because I think the festival friendship was one of the... It's like the, the best Raw segment in years, possibly yes. decades? Yes, I, I would, I would second that. I think, like, um... WWE fails on so many levels to do comedy. Um, mm-hmm. And they did it really well there, and they did something that they almost never do, which is take that comedy and ground it and bring it to a place where you have a real personal story being told. And, like, it, it reminds you of, like, whenever you think Chris Jericho is getting too stale or he's relying on his same stuff or, you know, he, he's he's always, you know, he's, behind the times, the amount of times that Chris Jericho has reinvented himself and put, like, a money angle up there is is a lot. And his, his um, first of all, the um, Ralph Guggenheim made me laugh. Um, the creation <laughs> of Kevin, especially the line, it's art, you don't need pants, was, like, brilliant. Um, but then, and it was just, like, to me, on top of the fact that it was good, it was just smart booking, and it's something that they, they don't do very often. Is the fact is, like, okay, so, like, you know, if you want to make a heel, you take away something people love. If you want to make a face, you give them something they love. So people love Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens, so you've got to take it away from them. And if you want them to hate Kevin Owens, you've got to make him the, take, him the guy to take it away. So when Chris Jericho is saying all this stuff, and, and then he, he, he gives him this voice, this, this, this sincere voice, like, you know, you mean so much to me. I love you. You're like a brother. Um, the the last year has been the, the most fun of my life. And it was just so, like, it was so raw and it was so real. And you're, like, you're hearing a guy, like, happy for his, like, happy to be around this other person, which WWE does so many stupid storylines. We're like, ah, you can't, having friends are for losers. Or, you know, or, like, like having a girlfriend is lame. And it's, like, all this, like, stupid stuff, and this time it was a guy saying, you know, I, I enjoy, like, like being with you, and it was it was sweet, it was tender, it was nice, and then, you know, Owens... And it's like, appropriate oh. because these two have been paired up for so long. This isn't just, like, a one-month thing that they just... Yeah, yeah, it's been, they, they, they've put a lot of emotional equity into it. And then, of course, you know, as we all saw, uh, Kevin Owens gives them the, the new list, and it comes off as sweet first, and then, of course, and then Jericho's, like, amazing amazing delivery of why is my name on the list and then the the reveal like i I don't i honestly do not know if wwe has timed anything 
as well as they timed that because normally they're awful with that. Like, you know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about? Like oh, the yeah. amount of time they leave on the, on the interviewers when they're done with backstage. I mean, they're terrible with that kind of stuff. The, the fact that this came off the way it did, I was like amazed. I was just like, Holy shit. What company is this? Um, and it was, I mean, you want to talk about a money angle. And when people talk about money angles, they like say, Oh, you know, uh, the NWO forming, uh, Shawn Michaels throwing Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window, um, the Jericho throwing Shawn Michaels into the, the Jeritron. Like, you think of those moments where you're like, oh, that's, uh, that's, that's, you've caught me, you've legit caught my attention. And um, this was one of those moments. And there's not a lot of them. Like, like, they always say, like, oh, WrestleMania moment of this. Like, you know, they'll artificially try to make it like when, Kofi Kingston, like, wrecked Randy Orton's car. And they're like, ah, it's a Madison Square Garden. Thing. But it really wasn't. It was... um, but this really was one of those those times. And it was one of those things. And it, like, both guys, you, like, you, you like, I was fucking booing Kevin Owens at the end. Because he was an asshole. He's a fucking prick. And, like, too, too often wrestling shows don't allow you to have that, like, guy be a prick. And, you know, like, in the context of the story, I fucking hated Kevin Owens. What an asshole. And you felt bad for Chris Jericho, and your align your allegiances are where they're supposed to be because they did it correctly, as opposed to just deciding what they want to do. And the segment came off beautifully, and it's just like one of those moments you're like, oh, okay, this is why I suffer through all the shit, so I can get to this. Yeah, exactly. And it's it doesn't feel nice to actually hate a wrestling character when you're supposed to. Yes, it does. I mean, it's, it's so it's great. A strange and... feeling. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, this isn't like Roman Reigns or anything. But um, but yeah, no, all of this was done so beautifully well, and it makes uh, it makes the fast lane match between Kevin Owens and Goldberg even better because I sat there the whole time thinking, it's like, well, why doesn't Jericho just do a run in and get him DQ'd in the first minute? I mean, that's all you need to do. That that that's how you circumvent Goldberg. But now that Jericho's out of the picture, it's like, oh well, Owens just cost himself the title. It seems. And now we've got this WrestleMania match to look forward to. And, that, you know, of all the matches that they're setting up for this year's WrestleMania, right now, just based on that one segment and all the history that's gone into it, I, this, is the, this is my Mania match. This is the one I'm most excited for. Yeah, I, I, would, I would put that up there. I would put um, – I think the Randy Orton-Bray Wyatt match will be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how they get there for that one. I, I think they're going to change it to a triple threat. With AJ? No, no with Luke Harper. Oh, that would be interesting if they did that. Which is something we want to talk about something that the WWE bought. Uh, check out the ending to this week's SmackDown, or yeah, this week's SmackDown. The they badly botched the finish of that main event. I don't know what happened, but it was it was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, it's it's surprising to me because there are more matches than normal on a WrestleMania where you're like, oh, this will be good. Like I feel like I've got like three matches. That I'm like into, mm-hmm. like Seth Rollins and Triple H, thankfully helped by like the knee injury, you know, um, mm-hmm. the the Kevin Owens Jericho one and the uh, uh, the Orton Wyatt family stuff. I I think you know, and even the, the like I don't I don't think it's a good idea to close the show, but the Goldberg Lesnar match. Honestly, I would have been excited for that match if it was in the middle of the card and it wasn't for the title. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, part of me gets it, like it, like the universal title is a new title, and your champions are Finn Balor and Kevin Owens, so it kind of seems like NXT title too. So putting it on a guy like Goldberg will be like, oh, a famous guy had it, you know. So to a point, I get that, but 
it's not like they're going to be like, oh, okay, now we can just give it to these guys. They just, it wasn't, that wasn't their reasoning for it. It was just because we, they give the part-timers everything. But um, yeah, they seem to be relying on them uh, not as much on this card. Like you said, it seems like a lot of the guys do have individual matches and storylines heading into Mania. Yeah, it's more than nor it's more than like the last few years, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like last year last year they didn't have a ton, but all the old guys went over. Like, you know, that, that Austin Foley Michael segment, the Rock and Bray Wyatt, Cena, Brock Lesnar. I mean, the only guy who didn't was Triple H and, and that was like the one where everybody would have been like, We're okay with you winning. Um <laughs> So, um, yeah, so uh, we had that. Um, and then this week on Raw, Kevin Owens cut a nice, serious promo, which does him a lot of good because for so long he's been like this idiotic coward champion. So, of course, at the end of his title reign, they're going to be like, well, you'll be serious, and then you'll just lose it. So, um, <laughs> Funny how that works out. I do want to say this week's Raw, I don't know what you thought of the match, but I actually quite enjoyed the Big Show Braun Strowman match. Yeah, I think I think most people did. I think, um, to me, and I know the traditional role of a monster and a giant is to be fed to whoever the big baby face is, but to me, it's just they. I'm I I'm I would be so annoyed if they just fed. Braun Strowman to Roman Reigns because I feel like they've done such a good job with Braun Strowman. There's so much work that's gone into him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping Undertaker just comes down, costs Reigns the match. You get you kill two birds with one stone because you put the next step in the Roman Reigns Undertaker match. Which, if you would like to officially turn Roman Reigns heel, that's the best way to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And you keep Braun Strowman from from getting pinned because I think. At this point, I think there's more money in Braun Strowman. I mean, the ratings popped for Braun Strowman and Big Show. They had a they they delivered really, which is su- super surprising. And I just think you know, like like have Braun Strowman the guy to take out Brock Lesnar. You know, have him win the Universal Title. Like, uh, like I, I think they've handled this guy really well. They've made sure he like when they brought him in last year, he wasn't exposed. In long matches or anything, he was given time to learn. Um, he's been generally, generally pretty well protected. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I don't know what else he... This is one of the best big men the WWE has promoted in quite some time. Yeah, and this match was really big for him. And not so much that he beat Big Show, because everybody beats Big Show, but, like you said, the fact that they protected him so well and they gave him this big main event spot and... Uh, he delivered as well as he did and showed that he's versatile because normally when you have big guys like that, you know, you expect them to work well with much smaller guys because the, guy, the smaller guy can bump for them. But here it's like, no, Braun can go with guys bigger than he is. And that's, uh, it shows off some versatility and some skill on his part. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I agree with you. And also um, in addition to that being Big Show's best match in like 15 years. Yeah, that's true. Well, I'm fucking, I'm watching, like I said, I'm watching the 96, the mid-96 Nitros. Holy shit, did they not, like, it's almost worse than WWE. Like, Hogan, like, apparently he was Hogan's friend at the time, and Hogan wanted to make him the next Andre. So Hogan does this by no-selling his chokeslam every time he takes it. And it's just like, to me, it's like, 
it's always funny how they're like, oh, well, Big Show came in. He was a big star. I was like, dude got nerfed in like three seconds. He like breaks Hogan's neck. Hogan comes back from it, essentially beats him at Halloween Havoc. I mean, not really, but he essentially does. He loses to Hogan like three more times. It's just like, it, like holy shit. I feel like Big Show is like the biggest missed opportunity in the history of wrestling. Yeah, more than anybody else, he was the victim of that of that then modern day Monday Night Wars style booking, where it's like, all right, we got to be action packed and explosive and all this other stuff. And so, a big guy who normally wouldn't take a lot of bumps, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, started getting thrown all over the place because it would be amazing, it would be great, and Goldberg can jackhammer him all over the place, and Hogan can slam him every time, and then he goes to WWE, and everybody can slam him and throw him around and everything, and he just kind of got. He was he was kind of thrown into the grinder there and yeah the next Andre he did not become for that very reason. Well, because when Andre got slammed, it was on shows that like, you know, like like three hundred people saw not that few, but you know, not a lot of people saw because it, it wasn't well, nationally televised. televised. You never you yeah. never heard Andre during the the televised stuff and like. I always see, like, Buck Woodward would always talk on PWN. So he's like, well, Andre was such a better worker than Big Show. I'm like, what in what fucking universe? Like, like athletically, is that what you're talking about? He's like, well, Andre was faster when he was younger. I was like, I don't fucking care. Big Show could have done a Frankensteiner off the top rope. Big Show was fucking ridiculous. Did you see Big Show when he was 25? He could, like, jump over the top turnbuckle. It was insane. He could, he could Speak English without, and you can understand what he's fucking saying. Like, like anybody Big Show was, want Yeah, yeah. Anybody want a peanut? Um, Big Show was like a, a a freak of nature. The difference was Andre wasn't on primetime cable television every week getting beat by anyone. He would have been like Mark Henry now. Like, it, it, it's like the idea that like there was something wrong with Big Show and that was the problem. The thing that was wrong with him is he had these hot shotting bookers and 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 the style of of wrestling today is not conducive to a guy like that. I mean like I, I just like like Giant Baba. If you put him up there like and he gotten like body slammed every week, he wouldn't have drawn the money he drew. You know, so it's like I always think it's funny how they're like, oh, well, this guy was more talented, dude. Fuck that, man. You could put the big if you had the great Kali in 1967, he would have been like the biggest heel you could ever possibly have. Like he would have oh, sold yeah. out arenas forever. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Big Show with his skill level and his, uh, you know, the under. Estimated a part of his repertoire is his acting ability. He's actually really good on the stick. He is, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you take all those skills and put that in the 1970s, I dare say he would have eclipsed Andre. Yeah, he probably would have. Like, Andre's biggest benefit was the fact that he was born in, like, the late 30s or whenever he was born, or the 40s, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, 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 not to take anything away from Andre, but, I mean, like, you know, like you didn't. There's you a right way to present guys like that. Yeah, yeah, you got to present a guy like Undertaker. Like, 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 what's the difference between Undertaker and Bray Wyatt? I mean, they're both like in their primes, very good workers. The difference was Undertaker was protected forever during his time, the and Bray Wyatt beat him. Yeah, yeah, and Bray Wyatt was not. And I mean, they're protecting Bray now more now. But, you know, they didn't, like, they didn't treat him like that from the get-go, which they did with Undertaker. Like, Undertaker has been protected since day one. Like, day one, they decided he's going to be the new Andre. And that's, like, that's, that's, a, that's a spot. And I, like, 
I I say to this day, like Bray could have been put in that spot at the beginning. I like I don't know why they didn't um they didn't think that that was necessary. And of course now they're like, oh well, you know. I actually I take that back because Vince always thinks he's in that spot. He just I guess never felt that having him win was integral to that process. But <laughs> oh, the, you know Vince, he loves baby faces. He loves them so much forever. Baby faces are the best. White hats and American flags for everybody. Yeah. Ugh. Well, I'm watching. I'm I'm watching. Like I keep go back to this, but you know, I'm watching the '96 Raws. And it's like you you take you take Shawn Michaels from in '95 to like this kind of aggressive heel, and like and then a year later, and like I'm the biggest Shawn Michaels fan in the world. And he's this like fucking nerd do-gooder who's like i mean you can tell he's not you can tell in real life he's not but the character is like oh hey here's my here's my friend jose we're gonna we're gonna out wrestle you because of my click and it's like holy shit and wwe does this and they did this on raw patrick did you see the segment with gallagher and neville and it's like holy shit every vince has a fucking hard on for this storyline and he always has it's when he's like, he's like, well, you know, you think you're better than all these people. And you're like, fucking Christ. It's like you could kill a, a, a grandmother in the middle of the ring. And you're like, I did it for all you people. You guys inspire me. And they'd be like, you're the baby face. You know, like, it, it, it doesn't matter what you do. If you think you're better than the people, it's like Vince is like ultimate, like his like populist dream. You know, it's just so fucking bad. And yet the biggest baby face they've ever had, Stone Cold Steve Austin, never was a suck-up to the fans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, he did the oh, hell yeah. But yes, you're right. You're generally right. Um, yeah. I mean, Rock did, Foley did, um, uh, Cena does, um, Hogan Cena did. Cena talks like a fucking promoter half the time. He is. He's like the narrator of the show. Um, <laughs> um what else? Um, Sean did. Um, Brett did, but I felt like I bought it more with Brett because um, he probably really believed. Which, by the way, like building up to that Iron Man match, like I, I, I was reading a Wrestling Observer from the time period, and they're like, Brett came off as more likable coming up to this. I'm like, I think Brett is so. I like. Do you agree with me? Brett is so obnoxious leading up to that match. Um, I don't remember a lot of the promos between the two. I, what I do remember, and this is where I'm going to fight against what the Observer said, it, when showing the training vignettes, like, Sean's doing all these amazing things, and Brett is, like, lightly running in the snow and getting stretched by his dad, and I'm like, I, I think Sean's going to beat you, buddy. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Like, no, I remember, I remember, and Brett said that, and he said it like, but... He's not he he's running faster than you think he is. I, I, I watched it the other day. He's running faster than you think he is. He's uh he's like swimming in the pool and he's like looking pretty like his abs are pretty cut. He looks pretty good. He's getting stretched by his dad, but it's not that big. My my issue with, with with um it and I think it was I honestly think it was like long term plans to turn him heel. But he's like he's he's like he's he's a you know I really hate the Mexican style of wrestling. I think it's like so just uh, it makes me sick. And then he's like and then he says I'm gonna I'm gonna be better than him. I mean he gets a little too cocky and I'm just gonna like 
uh, you know, he's too confident. He's too confident. But I'm going to catch him in the thing. Like He's telling us the whole time that Sean is too confident, which, by the way, the Sean character at the time was just like, oh, God, I think he's good. I hope I can beat him. And Brett the whole time is like, he's too confident, but I'm going to beat him. I'm, I know I'm going to beat him. I'm going to catch him. I'm going to catch him. I'm going to catch him in a mistake. I'm going to catch. I'm going to find him in a mistake. And he just won't shut the fuck up about it. And I'm like, holy shit, he's so full of himself. And to me, it's always like, like I listen, I understand that like like Sean was a huge asshole in real life. I totally get that. But like Brett is this delusional sociopath. Like he's like, oh, all these people love me because I'm just so tough and great. I was bred for this. I'm like, oh my god. Like you're just as fucking bad. You know, it's just like it just it doesn't get talked about. You know, it's really funny. Um, I kind of want to go back and watch those now because. I'm so used, and this is a modern-day WWE thing, I'm so used to seeing babyface matches get built up as, like, I respect you, I respect you too. We're going to talk a little bit more angrily to each other to make it look like there's some actual tension here, but there's really not. And kind of like this milk toast, watered-down version of a feud. It's like, Brett being kind of a dick would actually freshen things up a bit for me and make it more fun to watch. It, is, well, it has, is, it is, because, like, Sean's writing the whole time is that, and he's like, it might be the best there was, and the best you ever will be, I can't see in the future, but it's probably a good bet, but the best right now, I think it could be me, and then Brett's like, I'm going to make the beating you got from those cheerleaders in Syracuse look like breakfast at Tiffany's, I'm going to kick your ass. And it's just like, wow, you're kind of a dick, man. You know, it's just like, it's, it's, it's funny because like, I, I really, and I think it was a long-term planning to set the seeds for a heel turn because when he leaves the arena, he's like, he's like, give me the fuck out of here. And, you know, he's like, you know, he's very like, like, like and then they do like an interview with him in Germany, like two weeks later, he's like, I don't know if I want to come back. Like, I feel like I've been betrayed. And I'm like, dude, you lost the fucking title. Calm down, you asshole. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? And I'm saying this as a Giants fan, so this is a fond memory of mine. Um, when we beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl the first time, and it was like two days before during one of the press conferences, Tom Brady said something, we're only going to score 17 points. <laughs> okay. And yeah, then he yeah, gets yeah. the Super Bowl and he scores only 14. And it was the greatest, like, egg-on-your-face type of thing ever. So I agree. It's like that probably was the long-term plan to turn Brett heel and using that as kind of the genesis of it, to have him talk a big game and then get beat. Yeah, because remember he comes he comes back in um, – uh, uh, Survivor he, Series, right? Yeah, yeah. But he, like, comes back in October and he's like, I'm staying here with the WWF. And he's going against Austin. And I don't know if you remember this match. The whole time, they're like, Brett needs to up his game because Austin's wrestling the new style, and Brett's wrestling like it's 1992. And he's getting his ass kicked, and Brett wins, and he pulls himself together, but they're very much putting Austin over the whole time. And they're like, oh, you know, Austin's like, you know. And then, you know, they, they do, then they start in like. They Wasn't really... Austin just as old school as Brett, though? Yeah, the but, they, but they play him up like he's like this angry, vicious like guy, and Brett's like, okay. I'm playing by the rules. Um, <laughs> and then they started the Brett stuff because in, in December because he gets, like, Sean costs them the title. So the, the I got screwed stuff starts happening there. So that's And that's a month after that. So I feel like it's like – I feel like that was in the works for a while for him to mm-hmm. no heel. So. So and good now, job. Now, it, it worked out well. Yeah, now now that we've talked about 20-year-old WWE stuff, 
the stuff we want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, are you gonna watch? Um, are you gonna watch Honor Rising this weekend? Uh, what is that? <laughs> well, let me tell you, Patrick. It's uh, it's in New Japan and Ring of Honor. Uh, oh, show. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to watch it this weekend, but definitely like sometime within a week after it happens, I'm going to try and watch it. Yeah, yeah I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to watch it sometime next week. Um, What's the got, main event? I think it's Adam Cole. Baby. 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 Um, I used to really not like him, but he's grown on me. He has to. I mean, I think he needs to, like, hit the weight room. But, um, but yeah, I, I think he's I, – I like him on the mic. He's not um, – yeah, yeah. Um, let, me, let me pull this up. It's a it's a pretty good card. Cody's on it. Um, okay, so hold mm-hmm. on. Oh, Cody's uh, on everything now. It's really weird. Oh, Cody's the hottest. Like that was the good for him. You know, good for him. Um, okay, here's what we got. Um, so there's two nights of it. Um, both nights uh, are headlined by the Bullet Club, which is good because this is the first time they'll be back since. New Year's Dash. So, night one, you've got Adam Cole and Kenny Omega versus the Briscoe Brothers. Night ooh. two, and, ooh, this is better. This is a lot better. Night two, the main event is the Bullet Club, which is uh, which is Cody, um, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks against the Briscoes, uh, Kazuka Okada, and Will Ospreay. In an eight-man match, so that should be real good. Um, and I'll say this: Will Osprey. The more I watch him, oh, he, he gets better and better every time I watch him. Ridiculous! He's he's ridiculous. He is a stud. Him and like, and it's it's funny that like him and Ricochet had that insane match that everybody loved because he is um, like like they're so so they remind me so much of each other. They're so crisp, but mm-hmm. he's he's like. Like he's a stud. They better hold on to him because um, he, he's he's a star. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So okay. Um, I mean, he really. The first time I saw Will Osprey, I thought, and so many guys have tried to be this ever since they did Dallas became like a big deal uh, in TNA and everything. But he really reminded me of the first time I saw AJ Styles. Like when yes. AJ was like fully polished, I was like, this guy is really something special. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. I think he's. I think he's just done. He's 23 years old, so, I mean, hopefully he's just going to get better. Um, all right, so second night, um, you got the ROH title. Um, Adam Cole and Yoshihashi. Um, never open weight championship. Goto and Punisher Martinez, who I'm not familiar with. Um, and who I can say this. I love the never open weight title matches because they're always these stiff fucking They just brawls. beat the shit out of each other, yeah. Yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. so great. Um, uh, we got, um, a six man, which is an interesting combination. So you got Bullet Club, which is Bad Luck Fale, uh, Hangman Page and Takahashi against Tanahashi, Lethal and Juice Robinson, which is kind of a weird, I mean, Juice Robinson and Tanahashi have teamed a few times before, but Jay Lethal, um, is a newer addition there. Uh, we've got the Gorillas of Destiny against War Machine, which people, they've apparently been having some good matches on the on the independent circuit, from what I understand. And I like those teams, so. Yeah. Um, 
So you've got, and then you got Lij um, against Delirious, Taguchi, Liger, and Dalton Castle. And then the opening match, you've got Finlay and Kushida against uh, Jado and Silas Young. Um, the first day, like I said, is headlined by that Adam Cole Kenny Omega match. Um, let's see what else. Anything interesting here? Um, War Machine and the Young Bucks. Oh, that's the match that people have been raving up. Not Gorillas of Destiny and War Machine, but that should be those should both be good. Um, you've got. Um, but can I be honest? I don't like Young Bucks matches very much. Typically, I do actually. I think they're hilarious. I just like them being like click marks and just like <laughs> being giant assholes. I, yeah, I mean, there is a charisma there to them, and I understand that. I just hate that their matches turn into spot fests and the super kick stuff. They basically rendered the super kick meaningless. Yeah, I mean, well, everybody has, but yes, I understand. Yes, it is yeah. completely meaningless. Although um, I will say, what, what show was it? Um, it was Wrestle Kingdom. Their match with uh, Rapunky Vice I thought was really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, in fact, Rocky Romero is doing the uh, English color with Kevin Kelly uh, on this show. Oh, cool. I guess Callus is still um, still healing up. Um, so then we got, what else? Um, Bad Luck Folly, Tomatong, uh, Bad Luck Folly, Gorillas of Destiny, and Takahashi against Goto, Okada, Osprey, and Yoshihashi. So that should be okay. Second night looks a lot better, though, it seems. Um, yeah, that's typically how those play out whenever you see a night one and a night two. Yeah. It's like yeah. typically the second show is better. Yeah. Um, and it, there's no there's no Suzuki gun here, so I don't know if that I, means I, anything. Are, yeah, are they going to be like? Because I feel like, and the match they had was great, um, but Okada beat him, so I just was kind of like, oh, are they they done? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and then like, um, and then they won at um, at the the second New Beginning show. Uh, the um, I don't know if it was the Osaka one. Whatever the second New Beginning show was. The Osaka one was the second one. Yeah, yeah. So they beat um, Okada and and his team that one. So I don't know if they're going to try to stretch it out into um, into the next um, into the next show or not. But um, yeah, but they're they are going to do. Um, uh, have you heard about this? Uh, Zack Saber Jr. will be wrestling Shibata. For the um, English whatever title that that Osprey just lost for. Ooh. Yeah. That sounds like something I'd want to see. Yeah. So I, I I think that'll be good. I like like part of me like doesn't like Shibata because I'm like he's just fucking punching people in the face. But part of me likes Shibata because he's just pu- fucking punching people in the face. So I'm like that's why the ne- that. he's perfect for the never open weight title. Yeah, 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 I agree. I agree. Um. So yeah, that'll be uh, this weekend, February twenty-six and twenty-seven. So it'll be, I mean, essentially m- Sunday and Monday, but I'm sure that's like Japan time, so it's like four a.m. for us. But um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's coming up. Um, we had NXT this week, which was like, like fine, I guess. Like Cassius Ono came back, and he's and he's really fat still. <laughs> Triple H told him that. Triple Eight, did you not watch the show? No, no, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, well, he's just got a big gut. And I just remember he was fired because he didn't lose any weight. And Triple H is like, you need to lose weight. And then he didn't, so they fired him. So then they brought him back, and he's 
He's bigger. So Well, I guess like, if you throw Undertaker out there at the Royal Rumble, you can't really judge people for Yeah, and also they're like, <laughs> Oh God, can anyone work a match? You can? Okay, come on. We've got nine hundred shows on the network. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. Yeah. And why did um, they give him that stupid name? Because he's going to make you say, oh, no, every time. Okay, because, you know, Chris Hero, I mean, you would think that Vince would come himself with a name like that. Like, that's, that's right. perfect. He's got a, he's got a, he's got a hero. <laughs> yeah, well, all right. Um, I think that's about it, right? So we got Teddy Long, uh, DDP going to the Hall of Fame. Anything else fun, or is that about it? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, didn't Ring of Honor, you mentioned Ring of Honor, didn't they just have their 15th anniversary or something? They did. I have no idea what happened, though. So. <laughs> I mean, congratulations to them for lasting as long as they have. Yeah, and I mean, they're the second, I would say, second biggest United States promotion right now. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd say they're bigger than Lucha Underground at this point, right? Yeah. Although once the next the Netflix deal kicks in, we'll see. Yeah, but. I, I think like I I think Lucha Underground has a has a much bigger ceiling because I feel like Ring of Honor's kind of been doing what they've been doing for 15 years and they're like kind of where they are and they're in a nice spot. TNA would take that fucking spot any day of the week. Um, but I think like I I think the biggest issue with Lucha Underground is not enough people have access to it or have seen it. So I think once that gets going, I I. I I, I I cross my fingers every day that they're going to be like, oh, all right. It's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of TNA, uh, interesting backstage developments going on there. They go on. They say what? I just said go on. I know nothing about it. Okay, they basically rehired everybody that was booking and writing for them in the mid-2000s except for Russo. They brought – Jarrett's coming back as like the Dutch main – Mantel. Dutch Mantel's back. Scott Demore's back. It's like, oh my god, they're they're trying to recreate mid two thousand TNA. Like, I'm sure it won't be terrible. But I'm like, does anybody fucking like know what they're doing? Like, you know, I mean, like, I'm sure it'll be fine. But it's just like, uh, you know, like everybody just goes back to the well. I think it's just a wrestling thing where they're just like, eh, well, whatever, we'll try, try and make magic again. Yeah. All right, so I think that's we it for the night. So super, we sound so super stoked. Yeah, well, they, they, it's doing the the company's doing so well. So I mean, I'm <laughs> guessing everything they did paid off, you know. So there mm-hmm. you go. Um, all right, so uh, I think that's about it for today. Um, I am Mr. Eric Clancy alongside Mr. Patrick Kelly, and thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. But for us, we are signing off. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.